join with me, brothers and sisters, in extending a warm Washington, D.C. vibration. Tone. Introducing a brand new concept right here. A whole new thing that we're doing with Black Broadway. But it ain't brand new. It's just really more. You know what I'm saying? We're just giving everybody more. I know in these times and days when everybody used to getting less, everything getting smaller, everything getting slimmer, everything getting trimmer, everything getting more short and brief. Fuck that. We're giving you more. This is overtime. This is bonus content. These is the footnotes right here, yo. The footnotes to the episodes that we give y'all during the week. You know that the Black Broadway podcast is... Just proud that anybody listens to it that y'all what boy this is just hey, that's good. Cause yo, somebody said that y'all was liking episodes. So we got some episodes to give you on top of the episode so you can have an episode while you're having an episode and enjoying an episode. So here's another episode. Cause fuck all that, man. We <laughs> we could get it popping out here, man. And it's just been a crazy ass week, a crazy ass, you know, pretty much 48 hours, like, after we did that, the show on Wednesday, man, like, just the world went crazy, <laughs> like, man, shit just happened, I'm gonna need Friday to really take a break and relax, and during all of that, man, like, we lost a certified DC legend, man, you know how they say when you lose a real one, it rained all day, and it rained all day in Washington, DC, man, to give honor and tribute to the legend, man. Cool Disco Dan. That man came through and set standards in this town, yo. Like, if you had anything to do with hip-hop culture, bombing, go-go, disco, graffiti, whatever, all of that urban culture that was D.C. back when this thing looked like a, a damn riot just happened yesterday and the riot happened 40 years ago or 30 years ago. It was crazy, man. Cool Disco Dan was... A superhero in that time, man. That man was like Bigfoot, like the Loch Ness monster. Like he's just a mythical, you know, figure. You were like, how the fuck this man put his name on the roof of that building over there? Like, how the hell was he able to hang upside down and put it on the bridge when I'm riding the train and I see his name like right in the cut? It was it was crazy, man. Cool Disco Dan was a legend. So I'm just proud to be from D.C. and be able to carry on and big up and lift up that man's name, man. R.I.P. Cool Disco Dan, man. But yeah, man, we got some bonus content for you right now, man, because we in the bonus, like I said, man. We kind of, this whole entire thought process or entire, you know, idea was really spawned by 444, man. We didn't get a chance to really talk about that album, and I have so much to say about that album and just how important it was and, like, how I feel like, you know, Jay-Z put in the work to be able to make that album. You know what I'm saying? It's not a lot of people who can make that album. It's not a lot of people who can come out here and say the things that Jay-Z is saying without their careers directly being shut off by the powers that be or just by, like, the audience not being receptive to that shit. Like, I don't want to hear that shit from this nigga. You know, they don't have enough street cred or they don't have enough, you know, information or they don't have enough money and status to sit in front of people and be like, yo, man, this is this is the game that's really being played. And this is how being an adult and being a married guy really works. And this is how dealing with your demons and all of that shit that, you know, make you tough in the hood, but 
actually is a liability to you being a well-functioning person is how that shit really plays out. But anyway, it was the album was an examination of that, but the footnotes where they really have little side explanations and side conversations that really deeper explain that was brilliant. And that was, to me, just like the excellent way to add content to your content because people like content, so, you know, you get it. Niggas like content, so you got to keep on giving it to them, yo. And, like, Hov has been giving you content after content. And, like, this whole week been full of content. But I was like, yo, I got to contribute minds, you know what I'm saying? Because, hey, not for nothing, a lot of this shit be happening in D.C. And D.C. is a very relevant place and culturally important. And Black Broadway, like, our con- our perception, excuse me, of what's happening is really important because we're like that gen- that gentrified but not quite gentrified population. Like we're some of the people who have found a way to function and to stay and to work within this, you know, rapidly changing environment. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to play a victim, but you also don't want to be blind to what's going on around you. And like we, you know, want to be the voice of that. So it's like we need to have more conversations and more relevant talks around those important issues, you know, like when I was sitting there watching those uh, footnotes from 444, I mean, Hove got the round table, it's Hove, it's Guru, it's Tata, it's, you know, Steve Stout, there's a whole bunch of motherfuckers just sitting around like grown ass black men having real conversations and, you know, you need to do that with women, with your sisters, you know, we need to do that just as a community, period, you know what I'm saying? And it was really dope to see and it inspired me to want to put some more content and really want to put the call out there that like, yo, we want all this, these conversations. We want to have these conversations. That's what, what's really important. Like Black Broadway is, it's cool and it's fun. We had, you know, we could talk about some of the shit that everybody else talk about. I love, we used to have that segment, man. Shout out to Vito Brasa, you know, that would take some time to talk about what y'all motherfuckers talk about, but fuck all that. Cause there's way too many important things going on and there's way too much actual, you know, substance that we can really, really get into. And we want to facilitate those conversations. So anybody that got anything to say or anything that you feel like is not getting discussed in this full do on Black Broadway, man, please don't hesitate to hit us up. You can hit me up. Insta DM. You can hit me on the email at blackbroadwaygmail.com. You can hit us on the website. You can go sign up for our web um, for our mailing list. You can just subscribe to us. Hit us in a comment on iTunes. We really need that. Those comments and those ratings, those stars, you know, those mean something. We're trying to be on those charts. We're going to take some shit from D.C., some intelligent, you know, relevant, real-ass people from D.C. that's not on no bullshit. Like, we, like, on some real shit. I'm seen all angles of it. I like to tell people, you know, I've been to jail and I've been to college. So, I mean, I understand both angles of all of this shit. And if you can't really, you know, put yourself in someone else's shoes or if you can't really examine a situation from all angles or, you know, at least the opposing angles, you're lost out here. And we're not trying to be lost. We need to have as much information and as much knowledge as possible. Black Broadway, we want to facilitate those conversations. We want to get this shit popping. We're going to have our our whole community, our whole mob. We're going to be sharp. I don't know about them other people. They're they going to be slipping. So in order to stay sharp, you got to practice more. So in order to practice more, you got to hit them with more episodes, more content, more movements. And, you know, this is going to be a quick hit in and out of here. But got a couple of things that, you know, we just really got to talk about, man. 
like I said, first and foremost, leading off, it's cool disco damn, man. Today was a sad day in D.C. If you grew up out here in the 80s, 90s, I grew up in, you know, I was born in the 80s, grew up through the 90s, and D.C. was like literally not a fucking nice place to be. <laughs> I don't know what anybody else think or what, you know, what's going on now, what they telling y'all in the tourist brochures all across the land here. But yo, this shit was crazy. This shit was the murder capital. I can remember when my mom was scared for us to go outside and like, nah, y'all can't go to parties. It's too dangerous. It was certain parts of town, certain neighborhoods where people are just jogging and running and walking dogs and shit that like literally you could not walk as a, a citizen. You could be, unless you knew somebody, unless you was connected in there and you know, you knew had, you had a real reason for being around there. You wasn't just walking through certain blocks. You wasn't just doing certain things. This shit was dangerous, yo. And now, like, to lose a guy like Disco Dan, who really kind of was like a superhero through all of that shit, because as dangerous as DC was, like, seeing Disco Dan's name on the underside of a bridge, right side up, like he wrote it in his sleep or something like that, would make you smile. Because you'd be like, yo, this dude's fucking incredible, man. This dude is like, whoever this guy is, he's incredible. Nobody knew who he was. He was a mystery. Nobody knew who Cool Disco Dan was. Nobody had an idea for a long time until a guy named uh, Clinton Yates, man. He wrote an article, and Clinton Yates, from what I understand, he's a Washingtonian too, man. Shout out to him because the articles he wrote about Cool Disco Dan, man, were great. They were important. They were real content you can go on google you can go to uh, washingtonpost.com and you can read those articles man that's great journalism right there yo he got into this man whole story and a big part of cool disco dance story unfortunately is you know mental illness and you know homelessness and a lot of things that you know people struggle with heavily in dc of the 80s and 90s you know what i mean this was just a real different kind of place you know people like they say that those Mary and Barry Sher Pratt Kelly years, psh, listen, it was flat out out this joint. Like, if you wasn't a certain kind of person, it was very difficult to survive. And like, Cool Disco Dan was like one of those guys who was on the fringes because he was very, you know, reserved and shy, but he was also a legend. And like, he was in every scene. Like, everybody knew who Cool Disco Dan was from the suburbs to the punk rock scenes in the in the city and like Adams Morgan's to the Go-Go's all over the city and out in Maryland to the guys who was in like real rough ass neighborhood drug dealer dope strip shit because his name was everywhere. It wasn't nowhere cool disco dad was scared to put a tag and that like meant something <laughs> like to even see a guy's name from Rockville to goddamn Anacostia, all over the whole train line of D.C., man. That was, like, really, really legendary, and that meant something to the city, man. So, you know, you will be missed, dude. And if you ever uh, want to have more information about Cool Disco Dan and just, like, that historic, that 80s, 90s, really, you could say post-riots, like, 70s, 80s, 90s in D.C., it's a whole culture that was birthed here and a whole entire scene like the, the, the rise of Go-Go, you know what I'm saying? The rise of punk rock. All of those things are covered in a documentary called uh, Pump It Up. And they had a museum at, um, pardon me, they had an exhibit at the museum a couple of years ago. Um, that I don't think that the 
documentary is for sale. I'm not sure, but I'm not. I know that you can find it online somewhere, man. That's where you can get a lot of information and just a lot more insight on, you know, what DC was like, what it looked like, what it felt like. Hey, you might be too young to remember, or you just might not have been here in this city, in this town. But yo, that shit was something else, man. And Cool Disco Dad was a huge part of it. Like, that's the graffiti you would see in DC. Like, you would see some graffiti, but you wouldn't see nothing more than Cool Disco Dads. Like, that shit was like the sign of urban crime. It was like, oh, it's fucking Cool Disco Dad guy. Wrote his name on the side of Hex again. <laughs> it was crazy. It used to be just like that. But these is wild times, man. It was real shit, man. And it was crazy because, like, I guess... That could lead me into like my second story about like how it's just so much more content and so much more going on in DC than like you know people are giving credit for, but not just DC, like the whole world, like the whole nation, the whole world, man. Fuck all that. The whole entire world gets to learn about a lot of things that they wouldn't necessarily be able to learn about just because the digital divide is being bridged like every day, like. Google did something today that actually impressed me. And I spent a lot of time like absorbing this and like, you know, delving into everything that they had that was connected to this. They did a Google Doodle today, which um, memorialized an event that happened 100 years ago that's known as the Silent March, where over 10,000 African-Americans and, you know, others too, but mainly black people, African-Americans marched in New York City. And they marched like right down Park Avenue, right down Fifth Ave. Um, and they came to protest the treatment of black people in America just as a whole. Like people were getting lynched in record numbers. You know what I'm saying? That's why people were in New York, because they fled from the South, basically fleeing terrorism, fleeing lynchings and, you know what I'm saying, home burnings and town burnings and mob killings and all of that. And Google had their doodle up there and that was the the um, you know their way to memorialize that event but then you click on the doodle and there's so much like supplementary content and they it led me to this thing that was about a project where they were collecting soil from the site the site of so many lynchings that had happened in America and all these people that had lost their life like due to mob violence, racial mob violence in America, all over the country, like places from everywhere to like Alabama, Mississippi, and just to show how their families fled these places, fled Virginia, fled all of these places, and had to go all over the country just to get away from, you know, having the same thing happen to basically any member of their family at any time. It was nuts, man. The stories are crazy, man. People telling stories about how you know, their great-grandfather was lynched and how that whole shit went down and how, you know, a friend of the family went back to town and he was accused of a crime and he got lynched and that made that it so that his whole family had to move and then when his whole family moved, their whole family had to move because they was next and they knew about the whole play. It's just disgusting, man. It was crazy. But that's a piece of American history and it's really big that Google would like put that out there and put you know the pieces together and make it a little bit easier for people to put all that information together and absorb that information it's so fucked up now because people only absorb what they want to but 
hopefully somebody will stumble across that. Just like hopefully somebody will stumble across this and be like, oh shit, Black Broadway, okay, yeah. They, get, they told me about this, they told me about that. Google is way bigger than Black Broadway, needless to say. So if you just happen to stumble across Google one day and it leads you to learning a little bit more about the lynching and about the historic significance and just pattern and oppressiveness of discrimination and injustice and downright terrorism in America, then you can understand a little bit more where we at right now. And maybe you can make some moves towards doing a little bit better. Just simple shit, you know? One step at a time, though. Hey, watch a video, learn something. Maybe you're not such an asshole next week. You know? Just slight shit. One step at a time, you know? Be less of an asshole every week. It's pretty much a goal. So we gonna be on top of that, yo. But the second piece of fucking content that I really, really loved, and it was just like good supplementary content. Jay-Z is really killing the game right now with these footnotes and these, you know, these title videos. Like every week this dude is dropping a video or album. And again, who else can do that but fucking Jay-Z? Like, I'm sorry. I love Nas to death. I love a lot of rappers. But Nas, nobody wants to see a Nas video every week. Like, even though Jay-Z is not even in these videos, what I'm saying is that the anticipation and the the thirst and the, you know, the amount of demand for that content ain't there like it is for Jay-Z. Like, him and Beyonce is good at that. They build up demand for their shit. You know what I'm saying? So this dude dropped another video this week. He dropped the Adness video, which is like a bonus track for um, 444. It's not really on the original title release, so I don't even think on the Apple Music release, but it's tough. It's called Adness, and it's about his pops, and, you know, his pops is named Adness. And um, it's just kind of like, you know, some real dad issue shit, like, but some, from a real side of things where he's like, yo, man, you know, kind of left me out there and shit. Like, I know you wasn't always fucked up, but like, you kind of got me out here fucked up. It's crazy. It's a very, very, you know, real examination of that, you know, but Jay-Z's on his introspective shit right now. So you got to let him cook. That's exactly where he's at in his trajectory. So you gotta let that man do his thing. And I think it was really dope how he's dealing with it. He had Mershaw Ali in there, you know, um, doing his boxing thing, you know what I'm saying? Punching shit, you know, wrapping his hands very dramatically. A lot of black and white, a lot of shadows, a lot of, you know, dramatic cutaway shots. It was well done, you know? Well used, good use of the wide lens, you know what I'm saying? I respect it. <laughs> so I hope he's doing his shit on title. But also who's doing they shit on title is Damian Marley, yo. Julia Gong did some of the dopest shit I've seen in months, yo. I love this, man. Julia Gong, Damian Marley came out with a new album this week, in case you didn't know. It's called Stony Hill to Addis Ababa or to Addis. And it's like just about Africa, man. African pride, being proud to be black, African about that business, about that life, man. You know what I'm saying? Damian Marley, he is father's son, so he feel that. He wants to bring that across to as many people as possible and unite us under that banner, which is dope. And he did like a mini documentary, and I'm not even gonna call it a mini documentary. It was a fucking documentary. And his whole entire thing was he wanted to tour, he wanted to do a tour around this album, but he wanted to do the tour in Africa. Like how people tour America, like how you go to Austin and, you know, said uh, North Carolina, then go to Atlanta, then go to Houston. He wanted to go to like, you know, 
Ghana, then he wanted to go to Togo, then he wanted to go to Nigeria, then he wants to go to Ethiopia, then he wanted to come back down and go to South Africa, and then he wanted to stop in Mozambique, and then, you know, all of that, swing up to Morocco. Like, he wanted to do it just like that, tour Africa, just how people tour Europe or tour America, and I thought that was dope. He put together a lot of dates too. I think he went. He went to Ethiopia. He went to, of course, he went to Stony Hill. He went to um, South Africa. I think he went to Togo. I think he went to Rwanda. I'm not sure. He went to a lot of countries though. Like he went to quite a few countries. He was able to put quite a few dates together, and he just kind of showed the the progress of that on this title documentary. The music lit. The the videography is lit. He's at he's showing behind the scenes, you know, in this in his dressing room and, and it's doing this thing before the shows and stuff like that. It was just incredible, you know, him doing radio interviews. It's just really good shit, man. And you know, hey, if you're not down with title, man, you need to get on this fucking wave. I don't know what you're waiting for, you know. Just love giving your money to Apple. You love giving your money to Spotify. But you will not fuck with Hove unless he meets the highest standards. I don't know, bro. It sounds Sounds a little backwards to me, but fuck it. You know what I'm saying? We not even going to get into all of that right now. That's not what this is about. This is about absorbing content. This is about getting good shit and watching good shit when it comes out, wherever it comes from. Because if it's good shit, then you're going to need it at some point in time. The other good shit was goddamn Kendrick Lamar with this loyalty video. That dropped today. It was crazy, man. Him and Riri. Riri was fucking stupid good. Kendrick and then beat niggas up as a little tiny guy. It was it's it inspirational, you know. They doing donuts in the I eight. I mean, it was it was all flash shit. It was all flash shit. It was a great video. TDE is leveling up. Every time they do some shit, I'd be like, yo, TDE, y'all rocking right now, man. Stepping up with everything. It's, you know, from Schoolboy album to Kendrick album to seeing them live a couple of weeks ago, seeing him do loyalty. Like, that was tough, man. I'm I'm, I'm very impressed with it. Everything that they've rolled out off of this damn album and every video that they've rolled out has been tight. And now, here we are again. Another smash hit with this loyalty joint with Rihanna. I saw it on uh, Vivo. So you can go on Vivo, I think, and it's right there, yo. Oh, my God. In the same... I mean, I guess we could say this is in the music vein, but fuck. Shaq, yo, I wake up today, you know, I'm chilling, I'm doing my thing. I'm thinking it's going to just be a regular rainy Friday, you know. I got a couple of things I want to do, but I'm actually at my leisure for a moment. I'm doing a couple, I'm on like a, a bit of a staycation slash an fun employed slash broken shit slash let me get my life together type of tip right now. So, uh, you know, I'm absorbing a lot of content and I'm thinking it's going to be safe today. I'm going to do a couple of things. I was already planning to do the episode, but. You know, I was like, it's going to be, you know, just basic. I, I, don't, I don't have a lot of shit I got to jam into this. But lo and behold, fucking Shaq decides to wake up and diss LeVar Ball. <laughs> and gave LeVar Ball bars. Like, I mean, people, people forget. Shaq is, without question, the best athlete rapper Period. There's no question about it. There's not a debate. It's not even close. Like Shaq is that dude, period. O across all athletics. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I don't know. You know what? I'm going to say Damian Lillard is making a case for being good, but he ain't doing a song with Biggie. So he's not even in the conversation. Shaq did songs with Biggie. 
Method Man, the Rizzer, like, it's, it's just, it, it doesn't even matter. It's not a conversation. But Shaq decided to come out of motherfucking retirement to give LeVar Ball, of all people, which I think, again, just gives him more publicity and more shine, which he probably loves. But nah, he gave that nigga bars. He told that nigga to look up in the rafters at your son's game and see my fucking jersey. Watch your fucking mouth. Thank <laughs> you. Craziness, man. Shaq's, and, and did it so classily, like with actual bars. Like the, it didn't suck. It's not. It's not something you're just gonna ride around your car listening to. But it is something that you could be like, damn, that that really wasn't bad. Like you can't find anything wrong with it. I don't know how Levar Ball responds. You can't even respond with a diss track. If that was, if he was a rapper, you would have to be like, nah, bro. He kind of got you there. And not to mention, it was super facts. All that shit was facts. He was telling that nigga how many points he averaged in his career. He said he was Eric Dampier. Hater had to be Eric Dampier, man. That guy had a solid NBA career, but, uh, you know, (laughs) sometimes you just collateral damage. Sometimes you in the motherfucking way, dog. And that's just what happened, man. Shaq gave that man bars. I don't know where you can hear those, you know. Thanks to the miracle of Twitter and the internet, like that's what's that's what's been going on in my life. But again, thanks to the miracle of the Twitter and the internet, we got a whole asshole as the president of the country that we currently have to live in. And he's just been doing dumb shit like consistently for the last week or so. Like he's really been on a rock and roll. But like, wow, shit really hit the fan today, man. This man Basically fired, you know, you could sell that resign role, whatever. He basically fired his chief of staff. Homie's out. Rince Priebus is out. The only person who was ostensibly responsible for roping in the craziness of the current president of the United States. That's y'all president. I don't, you know, I don't really acknowledge that guy. But the only person who could rope that guy in, now he's out of there. The former press secretary who was responsible for communicating this person's craziness to us, he's the fuck out of there. And they've been replaced by a short douchebag Napoleon complex motherfucker from Brooklyn who told, who said that the former chief of staff was a cock blocker and said that he's a paranoid fucking schizophrenic. Yo, just the whole entire level of discourse now. Like, we talking about, like, gangster shit. It take me back to the wire. It's just like the wire, yo. Like the streets and the police department and the mayor's office, all the same shit. Streets, police department, mayor's office, president's office, all the same shit. All the same type of thug ass individuals that are trying to get off. And in this particular game, racism is the factor and misogyny is the factor that determines the most you know on the streets is different shit you know what i'm saying it might be who your family is who you know whatever the fuck you know this is about that money and about being white with that money and they do crazy shit like i hope everybody's happy yo like you have a whole congress that's been obsessed with trying to take health care from y'all for the last six months you know what i'm saying like Whereas the other administration, the last administration, the black guys administration was obsessed with trying to give it to people. They're obsessed with trying to take it. It's just fucking crazy, man. Like, I look at my, I look at the Twitter. I'm just like, this is crazy. So they put in this guy, John Kelly. Of course, he's going to be another fucking puppet 
for the regime. Like all he's doing is surrounding himself with puppets, surrounding himself with people that's going to do what he want to do. And it's not even because they believe in him. It's because of the bag. And that's the really sad part of it. Like when you see things happening because of people having a fundamental belief, then at least you have something to fight against or fight for. When you see people doing this shit for the bag, and you know you don't have the bag to offer them to do the other thing, <laughs> it's just like, it gets scary because then you're like, damn, that's all this. That's all it's about. And they will fucking sell you out out here, yo. They don't give a shit. Like that's y'all president though, man. I hope everybody who voted for him, even as a joke, is fucking happy. I hope you are living and loving what you did here, yo. This is. It's every day. It's like watching a fucking dumpster fire. You just walk past it again. You wake up, you go to work, you walk past the dumpster fire. You're like, wow, that dumpster fire is still going, huh? Shit. Must have been a lot of trash in there. There's <laughs> a lot of fucking trash in there, yo. So it's going to keep burning. Unfortunately, we're going to have to keep talking about it. But, you know, like I said, we can slide that in on the episode after the episode when we talk about the episode because, you know, it was certain things that happened on the episode. Like, it's supposed to rain all weekend, so, you know, you'll have time to catch up on your Power episode and your Insecure episodes and your Game of Thrones episodes. Please catch up on your Game of Thrones episodes, people. It's important. You need Game of Thrones in your life, but, you know, that's enough. Because I'm kind of mad at them because they was trying to do that Confederate shit. That's trash. Like, white people stay trying to imagine slavery and shit over again. They'd be, like, telling us, get over it. The fuck? You niggas love making slavery movies. You niggas love showing us fucked up again. Like, you love doing that. Like, you stay making a good documentary and throwing about five, ten seconds of the good slavery story in there, getting some slaves. Get the fuck out of here. Anyway, so Game of Thrones, Insecure, Power. I don't know. I heard Ozark was lit. I might take some time and invest in this Ozark thing, you know, see what all the kids... See what all the kids are talking about, what all the fuss is about, you know what I'm saying? And that's about it, man. Hey, man, this is my supplemental episode. I think we're the fuck up out of here, bro. I hear sirens outside and shit. It's Friday night. It might be lit. Let's do it, yo, for real, man. Before I get out of here, though, I got to say, man, for real, for real, for real, for fucking real, man. We need those subscriptions. We need those ratings. We need those emails. We need just that correspondence, y'all. Hit me back. I know I kind of suck on social media and shit, and I don't be like, you know, posting every day and showing y'all niggas like my cool pants that I wear and, you know, my sneakers and shit. I'm sorry. I'm working on it. I'm just not there yet in my trajectory as an Instagram honey where I think I want you guys, I think you guys want to see what I wear every day. A lot of y'all motherfuckers see me anyway. you like, yo, that, that. I ain't wore the bad outfits since, you know, 04 or some shit like that. It's, it's crazy. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, like, I want this this engagement. I want this interaction. You know what I'm saying? Because it's fun doing the show and it's cool, like, having a platform to get my thing off. But I want everybody else to kind of have that same platform or at least have access to that same platform. You know what I'm saying? But you got to interact with me. You got to hit me up on the Instagram, The Black Broadway Show. You got to hit me on my Instagram, which is just Black Broadway. You got to hit us on these emails at blackbroadway at gmail.com. It's Black Broadway everything. And all you got to do is hit us, yo, and we're going to be on it. Real shit, man. It's just a, a good time right now to be in that podcast space because, you know, I've been doing it a little while, but I'm not going to say I've been doing it forever. 
But I've been doing it a little while, and then there's a lot of people that's been doing it a little less while than me. And, you know, we covered up, and we all trying to push together and, you know, ride this platform and ride this particular wave of distributing media to its maximum potential. And in order to, you know, capitalize on the real community that we have and the real perspective that we represent, you know what I'm saying? This is some real shit. Like, we're regular people. We go to work, take care of our kids. You know what I'm saying? We just not fucking stupid. Like, we're just not worried about the same average bullshit that a lot of people are worried about. And we just want to get that across. And we want to be able to, you know, broaden our audience's perspective on things. And within turn, our audience reaches out to society just all over and broadens their perspective on things. It lets people know that, like, there's more fucking to the world than just being stupid or like every not everybody thinks that loving hip-hop is you know compelling television like not even and not even to judge you if you do but it's just like yo we want some different shit over here we want some real shit over here it's like broadway podcast and we can talk about it all as a community and i think that it would be great to get that For a reason, I don't know why yet, but <laughs> some reason you do this, you know what I'm saying? And I appreciate every bit of positive feedback I get, you know. I appreciate it all, man. You know, like, let's turn this into a real community, you know what I'm saying? We ain't a gang, but we a gang. Not at the table, you want to play all that real shit. 